Hello, welcome to a special episode of Cubs PS Plus, a Northside Numbers game. I'm your host, Mike Waller. Today we see baseball resume after last night's Guardians-Yankees game was rained out. Today they resume with Game 5 of the ALDS. And tonight is the first game of Phillies at Padres, the first game of the NLCS, with former Cub Hugh Darvish squaring off against former Cub Kyle Schwarber probably to start the game. Let's talk for a minute about the playoff format. So far, I think I like the new playoff format. I like the wildcard change. I think going from one game to three, I think, is a, is a great move. It takes some of the randomness out of just having that one game where you have that one pitcher who can go. I know in 2015, as a Cub fan, I love the fact that the Cubs got to start Jake Arrieta in a one-and-done against Pittsburgh. It seemed like it was almost a foregone conclusion that as hot as he was, the Cubs were going to win that game. Going to a three-game set seems a little bit more equitable. I like the fact that all three games are played at the team that had the better record. So I think you you do earn some privilege there. I know that there are some people now with the Dodgers out and the Braves out complaining about having a bye in the playoffs. I've never been a big fan of having a bye in in uh, baseball. I work some football because you get all your uh, all your injuries. Guys can get healthy. It takes a week of contact out of play. Let you kind of recharge at the end of the season. That can be a good reward for a playoff team. Baseball is much more of a daily grind. We've got the kind of typical flow. We've got the the routine, the rhythm, the take batting practice, go play, go get some dinner, sleep, play the next day. You know that that very day to day rhythm. But it's not like the teams are sitting out for ten days, and we're we're not sitting out while two other teams play a seven game series. I think that would be a disadvantage. I think for three days, you know, there's already a couple day wait anyway. You throw, you know, three games in there for the most part. We got lucky this time. There wasn't a lot of weather in there. Um, several of the series were two-game sweeps, so that all played pretty well. Um, I like the format. I, I don't think there's a big disadvantage. I think teams should be able to take a couple days off, refresh. It does let the starting – it does let the better teams line up their starting pitching. It means you can go out there, and even though you did have a bye and, and all that, you, know, you can go throw your ace day one. That ace has had a little bit extra rest, but these guys, they throw bullpens. They hit in the cage. It's not exactly the same as playing, but I don't think the Dodgers lost because they had that bye. I think the Dodgers lost because they lost to a really good San Diego team that played well. I think the Braves lost not because of the bye, but they lost because they didn't do fundamental things that they did all year. I mean, fielding error after fielding error after fielding error that you just didn't see from them during the regular season. It's a short sample size. You know, look throughout the regular season, there are plenty of times where a team loses four out of five, drops three in a row. Like that that happens in the playoffs and you're out. But it doesn't mean it's, you know, some fake outcome. It's it is what it is. We're playing a tournament. I know there's a lot of talk about, well, it's not going to crown the best team. Well, if we want to crown the best team, let's go back to nineteen twenty four, play out, you know, two league schedules, have an AL champion and an NL champion and have them play it out in the World Series. Don't have divisions, don't have division winners, don't have wild cards. Just take the two best teams, play a short World Series. But if you do it that way, I mean, what the Dodgers would have run away with the NL this year, there would have been very little to play for for the entire National League for the month of August, uh, after the month of August. And the Astros would have largely run away with the American League. So we'd have Dodgers-Astros in the World Series playing right now, and the season would be just about over. Honestly, I, would, I like it better the way it is. Let's take the wild cards. Let's have more teams in the hunt. 
let's have more reason for teams to actually go for it as opposed to sitting around. You know, the Padres really, really went for it. You know, they've, they've made aggressive moves each of the last two off seasons. They went all in on that huge trade for Juan Soto. They are doing the best with what they have, and they're making a play for the playoffs. And so they're the wild card, and that can be a little bit dicey. But, you know, they were able to win the wild card, card series, and they were able to come out and beat the Dodgers in the NLDS. So now they get their shot at the Phillies, and if they win that, they're in the World Series. It gives more teams a reason to go for it, and this playoff baseball has been fantastic. It's been <clears throat> It's been exciting. There's been good pitching. There's been good hitting. There's been a lot of great plays. There have been a lot of great plays on defense. I think the games have a lot of drama, and it's very compelling to watch. I can't wait to see today's action. So count me among the fa- uh, as somebody who's a fan of the new playoff format. We'll see how it goes over the next few years. If there are consistently top teams getting upset, then maybe there's something to look at to, to tweak the system a little bit. But even, you know, other sports, you know, typically 80% of the favorites win early. You know, if if it's straight chalk the whole way through, everybody complains about how it's boring. But now with there being a couple upsets and a couple top teams out, now all of a sudden what it's, you know, it's, it's a bad system that doesn't reward the regular season. Like, No, I don't think that's the case. I think you can get here. I think you can earn your place. And then you also have to play well when you're there. I'm sure the Dodgers and the Mets would be the first teams to tell you that so on a couple quick cubs topics before i call it for today so we've got alexander canario who is just absolutely hammering the mexican league he put on a display yesterday i'm sure you've seen highlights on twitter Um, i can probably drop some of those in here it's so much fun to watch this guy just just absolutely crushes baseballs it's gonna be fun to see i assume he'll start you know in triple a next year maybe he'll make the cubs out of spring training um, some of that will be dictated by the off-season moves they make, whether they extend Ian Happ, all those types of things. And then Matt Mervis, he was obviously the talk of the second half with him just mashing his way, earning the nickname Mash Mervis, mashing his way through three levels of the of the minor, Cubs minor league system, and he's been putting on display in the Arizona Fall League. Now Keith Law came out today with some criticism um, based on him getting eaten up by some fastballs. That's to be expected. I do think Keith Law was a little bit lazy in his analysis. He, you know, he tossed out there that Matt Mash Mervis was undrafted twice. Well, it's true. He was not drafted as a junior, but he had just started hitting again after primarily pitching his first two years at Duke as a freshman and sophomore. So that bat didn't play. And then his second year after his senior year, second time to be eligible for the draft out of college, he wasn't drafted because it was a five round draft. The Cubs jumped on him immediately after that five-round draft was over and got him signed. So by all reports I've seen, he would have been a sixth-to-tenth-round sixth, sixth to tenth round selection in the 2020 draft, but it was shortened because of COVID. So he's a guy that has some talent. He's a guy that you know is doing some things well. He's also a guy who's going to get eaten up. There are very, very, very few players come up, hit the major leagues, start crushing baseballs, and never stop. I mean – you're talking Mike Trout, you're talking maybe Shohei Otani, Uki Betts, like the elite of the elite of the elite. And even those guys still go through some stretches where pitchers start to learn how to handle them a little bit and they have to spin things back around. So Matt Mervis probably is going to come up and get dominated by major league pitching. That's not a criticism. That's not, it doesn't mean he sucks. 
it means major league pitching is really, really good. And they're really good at finding holes in your swing and pitches you can't handle. And if they find something they can't handle, you're going to see a lot of it until you learn how to handle it or you learn how to lay off it or you learn how to, you know, put the pitcher in situations where that pitcher can't throw that pitch. So look for Mash to come up and he's going to look really good at times. Look at Christopher Morrell and Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki came over to the U.S. as a Japanese MVP. He comes over to the U.S., has gets off to a quick start, then has some struggles with velocity as pitchers started to learn that, you know, he they have more velocity than he was seeing in Japan. He countered, they countered. Christopher Morrell came up, kind of set the world on fire the first few weeks he was up. Pitchers adjusted. Christopher would strike out more. Then Christopher made adjustments too. And it's back and forth and back and forth. And the players who become very good players are able to make those adjustments consistently based on what the pitchers are doing to them. So if, if Mash Mervis is getting eaten up by up and in fastballs, he can lay off those pitches as much as possible. He can work on some things in the cage to try to get to that pitch better and not pop it up. And if he's able to make those adjustments, then the pitchers will have to find something else. Then maybe it's, you know, it's something out on the outside corner. He'll have to make those adjustments, but that's, that's the whole game. You make adjustments and, if he's a good player, it's going to win out. Another guy I'll mention here is Brennan Davis. I think he's somebody we were all looking for in the Arizona Fall League to try to come in and get those reps he missed earlier in the season after having his back surgery. He got off to a quick start, but then he's been out with an injury. Not a lot, not a whole lot of information about what that injury is. I think it's interesting to see, you know, be interesting to see what that is. He was supposed to be back. He was expected to be back this week. He's not been back, so hopefully it's nothing more serious. Hopefully it's nothing more than, you know, something precautionary. Let's not push it because it's Arizona Fall League. But he's a guy I hope can be healthy because he's somebody who, you know, if he's healthy, he's a top prospect, and he could be very valuable in 2023. He could be a trade chip. There are so many things that are possible there, but the guy's got to get healthy, and if he's not healthy – that's fine. Let's sit him out and, and get him right. So as we head down the stretch run of the playoffs, we've got the, as I mentioned, the finale of the ALDS today. We're going to start the ALCS tomorrow. The NLCS starts tonight and then the World Series. And once the World Series is over, that's when all the action is going to start for the Cubs. That's when players can declare free agency. That's when teams will issue qualifying offers. You know, five days after the World Series is over. Teams can start signing players. So we're going to start seeing action. We'll see, are the Cubs in on Correa? Do they go after Trey Turner? What are the Braves going to do with Dansby Swanson? Are the Cubs going to look at positions other than shortstop? I mean, I think it's might make sense for the Cubs to bring in a Jose Abreu. He's been somebody talked about a lot over the last week. And he's somebody who could come in on a you know a two-year contract, come in. He's always hit. So he can come in and hit. You could always use that professional bat. I remember when the Cubs signed Ben Zobers before 2016. Heard people say, well, he's past his prime. He's a little bit old. But he just came out and gave professional at-bats time after time after time. And that's what you'll get with a with Abreu. I don't mind that as a kind of a hedge against Mervis. It gives takes some of the pressure off Mervis. Let's him adjust. It would give him the freedom to start in AAA if that's where he needs to start. It would also give him the freedom up in Chicago of not having to be the guy, the guy that everybody looks to. He can come in, they can, you know, pick spots, 
Mervis can DH a little bit. He can play some first base. Abreu can DH. Um, so I think that kind of move could make some sense. I'll also be curious if the, where the Cubs look besides shortstop. Do they do they try to make a run at Aaron Judge? Um, what do they do as far as pitching goes? Are there any trades? I, I would fully expect with the depth in the Cubs system right now, they have five of their top ten, four of their top ten uh, prospects or outfielders. You've got Kevin Alcantara, Alexander Canario. You've got Brennan Davis, Owen Casey, who came over in the Darvish trade. Um, they've got a lot of depth, and all those guys are not going to play in Chicago together. So it makes sense to pick some to keep and develop. It makes sense when you have the right player available to take one or two of those guys, make a trade. They've got a lot of pitching. You know, they already have a young, fairly young Justin Steele in the rotation. You've got Stroman locked in. Keegan Thompson could potentially be in the starting rotation, or it could be a bullpen weapon. Hayden Wesneski looked great. Um, Caleb Killian is somebody who I th- still think has a lot of potential. You've got other guys coming up. You know, Adrian Sampson and Javier Assad both threw well, especially in the second half. In the minors, you've got DJ Hers, Jordan Wex coming up, Ben Brown, who the Cubs got in the trade for um, David Robertson. He's coming up. I think David Horton is a uh, Cade Horton is a guy that I think the is expected to go through the system fairly quickly. He might be a couple of years away. So there's a lot of pitching depth. You could use some of that to deal for something you need now too, whether that's putting together a big package for somebody like you Darvish or maybe a slightly less package, lesser of a package to get a guy like Shane Bieber. Or you could go out and maybe you can find a cost-controlled young catcher that you like to replace Wilson Contreras. Maybe there's a position player that makes a lot of sense to bring in. Um, Cubs are going to have a lot of options, and it's going to be really – it's really going to be a lot of fun to see how that goes. Um, all that action will start about five to ten days after the World Series is over. So let's get through the playoffs, enjoy the baseball, and we'll see what comes next. Go Cubs!